0: We all experience some pretty difficult valleys, don't we? Whether it be that nothing seems to be falling into place, or maybe you're working so hard and just not reaping the rewards, or maybe you've been hurt, betrayed, rejected, or perhaps you're just in a really dark place and can't seem to dig yourself out. Whatever the case may be, we have all experienced darkness or a valley in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I have definitely been through my fair share of valleys, especially over the last few years that I've been an entrepreneur. They have been so challenging. I mean, I've experienced seasons of dry spells where I had no idea what I was going to do financially. I have experienced so many doubts thinking, oh my goodness, like I need to go out and find like a full-time job. I've experienced major rejection, betrayal, and even slander. And I've had seasons where I just felt so depressed that I felt like I just couldn't do anything or show up in any capacity. And the list could go on and on. But throughout my own valleys, the Lord has remained faithful. He is still the most high. And he is still good. He is always good. And Throughout my valleys, He's really shown me how to trust Him even deeper. You know, I've always said I loved Him and I've always said I trusted Him, but He's showing me firsthand how to love Him and trust Him even deeper. So if you are just wondering what in the world God is doing in your life right now and how to trust Him during the valleys of life and business this episode is for you, my friend. So today I am sharing five steps. The Holy spirit has revealed to me from firsthand experiences on how exactly to trust him fully. When you are experiencing these difficult seasons, how to hold the faith and how to remain obedient in the process. So go ahead and grab your notebook and pen, because in this episode, you will learn the way that I was able to get through one of the biggest heartbreaks of my life, why darkness in our lives is actually necessary, and the reason surrendering may not be working for you. So let's go ahead and dive on in. Hey, Queen, welcome to Call to CEO. I'm your host, Hannah Brindley daughter of the king, certified life coach, and faith-fueled business mentor. I know you are so sick of feeling like you work so hard in your business with little to no reward while staying in the same cycle of self-sabotaging tendencies you know are keeping you stuck. And because of that, I know you are craving to end this never-ending cycle of self-destruction and cultivate a thriving Holy Spirit-led business without letting it become your idol. If you are ready to be fueled by faith over flesh, fight your battles spiritually instead of physically, take bold and obedient action on your God-given call to CEO, and finally create that thriving faith-fueled business, then you are in the right place. So go ahead and grab your favorite sparkling beverage, grab a notebook and pen, and let's dive in. So back at the end of 2022 and going into the beginning of 2023, I was in a really difficult season in both my personal life and in my professional life. I had no idea what in the world God was doing. I felt like everything was a mess and my world was just turned upside down and everything I thought I knew and understood, I felt like I didn't. And everything I thought I had clarity on up until that point, I just didn't like in my business and my life, everything in between, it just felt like a mess. And in fact, I actually went into 2023 with absolutely no plan for my business. None. (laughs) You know, I mean, I had somewhat of a vision, but it was not very clear at all. And if you've been tuning into the show for a while, then you probably remember the episode where I shared all the ins and outs of the situation in real time. So if you go back and tune into episode 53 of this show, you'll be able to tune in to what was going on during that season. But for the sake of time, just know that I get it. Okay, <laughs> I get what it's like going through a really difficult season with no clear vision, with healing journeys, with relationship mishaps, with grief. I get it. And I know that it can be really, really hard. But through all of this, the Lord has taught me how to develop a deeper trust in Him and obey Him even when I'm in the middle of a storm or it feels like there's no point to keep on going or I can't do it anymore. So all of that to say, I feel very called to share with you the five steps he's revealed to me that have helped me cultivate that deeper trust in him. So let's go ahead and dive into step one. So step one is to simply draw closer to him because the darkness can actually show us our faith. And the beautiful thing about this is that our faith doesn't ever quite look as magnificent when you are on the peak of a mountain as it does when you're in a valley or when you're in the trenches. Your faith doesn't quite shine as bright in the light as it does in the darkness. And I've personally found in my life that some of the trials I faced have come up for a multitude of reasons, but one of those has been to humble me so I can go to the feet of Jesus. Darkness if we allow it, can often draw us closer to him. When things are going really great, you know, sometimes I just get really wrapped up in my life, but sometimes I notice that there are situations that actually lead me to realizing that I need Jesus And these situations can often be used to help us refocus and realign on what the most important thing is, which is Jesus. So I really want to share a story with you. My dog, Moxie, unexpectedly passed away uh, back in December of 2021. And needless to say, it it really just broke my heart. You know, I I actually think I'm about to cry right now. Wow. Um... Honestly, 2021 was one of the most trying years I've had to date, you know, but a few days after she passed, the Holy Spirit prompted me to read the whole Bible in 14 days. Now, (laughs) this was very lofty and I did not finish it in 14 days, but I tried and I consumed more scripture in that time period than I ever have before. And I learned so much from that experience and I realized he didn't prompt me to finish it in 14 days to check off a box and just get it finished, right? He prompted me to do that so I would be constantly consuming his word and so he could heal my broken heart through that process. And so while yes, like I'm still sad when I think about it, but something changed in me. You know, within a day or two of starting this and basically consuming six plus hours of scripture a day, because it really was six plus hours, I noticed a night and day difference within myself. I began to feel just true joy again, and it showed. You know, I was slower to anger, sadness, and anxiety, and I have never experienced such a quick and extreme shift in my being before. And if I'm being honest, I'm still truly marveled by it. You know, even though there were so many times when I was tired and I had absolutely no idea what I was reading, you know, I'm just keeping it real with you. This still goes to show that consuming scripture really does change everything. The word really is Jesus and it is alive and it is active. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Even though I didn't finish the entire Bible in 14 days, I did, however, spend way more time in the word daily than I ever had before. And I experienced so many lessons. And some of those lessons I learned are really important for this episode today, so I want to share them with you. And the first lesson is that sometimes what appears to be a quote-unquote failure in the physical world is actually a victory in the spiritual world. And then the next lesson is that sometimes the breakthrough can only happen when there's a struggle, an obstacle, a pain, or a failure. And then another lesson is that sometimes pain is the only way to bring us back to the feet of Jesus. And then another lesson is that when we live in a society that idolizes success and hustle culture, it can sometimes be difficult to find joy in the journey and to find joy just despite our circumstances. But the truth is that Jesus is joy and the process of pain, failure, and suffering Will lead us back to Him if we allow it to. Now, I am not saying that, you know, God is the cause of your pain, but what I am saying is that perhaps He is using this for your good and His purpose. So, my first big tip for you today is that if you're in a valley right now, I highly recommend to try and spend even more time in Scripture than you have before. And I know on the surface, it might sound silly, but scripture is Jesus. And the only way to God is through Jesus, which means the way that we can draw closer to God is through scripture because the scripture is alive and active. It's a double-edged sword. It is literally your weapon. Use it. Also, fun little fact here, Psalm 4610, the context of be still and know that I am God was written in a time of trouble. It was written in a war zone, aka the valley or the darkness, right? That means that regardless of your situation, it's important to rest in him, to stop striving and fighting and allow him to be the light our enemies, which are idols or the things that control us, are what we need to turn over to him in the darkness. So for example, if you are struggling in your business and you're obsessing over your business or how much money you're making or not making, which by the way, this was me, (laughs) it's important that you release and surrender that to him. Or maybe if you're suffering from a breakup or a fallout with a friend, you've got to release that to him, release that to him and let him lead you. And so this leads me into the second big step that he's taught me to do when I am experiencing a time of darkness or a difficult season. But before I share with you the second thing, I have actually been pondering over the idea of uh, reading the word in 30 days. And doing it again very, very soon with a dear friend of mine, Rochelle McKinnon. And um, if you don't know Rochelle McKinnon, she's been on the podcast before, but she is the founder of Redeemed Wholeness. But essentially, we are considering hosting a Word N 30 together. And I am curious if you would be interested in this. If you are please send me a DM over on Instagram. My handle is just at Hannah Brindley. It's also in the show notes for you, but please send me a DM. Let me know if you'd be interested to just go through the word and 30 days together and just have a group of people to do it with. So let me know, send me a DM at Hannah Brindley. And after you do that, then we'll get into step two. Now, step two is to surrender. Now, surrendering is not new. (laughs) You have most likely heard about surrendering and you may even think that you are surrendering, but I'm going to drop a truth bomb for you, okay? Because I love you. (laughs) If you are still consumed by something and your thoughts continue to go back to it, you probably have not surrendered it. Let me repeat that. If you are still consumed by it, and your thoughts continue to go back to it, you have probably not surrendered it. There is still something about that thing, that experience, that person, that situation that you have not surrendered yet. And when this happens, when your thoughts are so consumed by something, that can also become your idol. Because what we focus on becomes our idol. And trust me, I know that this is easier said than done. I know this. And I know that we can feel that it isn't that simple. But why isn't it that simple? The truth is that it's not simple because we don't have the power on our own to totally let things go. We don't have the power on our own to end these anxious thoughts. But that's why we have the Holy Spirit and our spirit has the authority to end these anxious thoughts. Because we are new creatures and Christ, because we are new beings, we have the authority to end these thoughts. Is it a challenge for me in those moments? Absolutely. I'm not going to say it's not hard, but it's hard because our flesh wants to stay in these self-sabotaging spirals, but our spirits have the authority to end it. And so we must crucify that flesh. We must lay down and crucify the idols that our flesh wants to hold onto. And that is true surrender. And true surrender requires obedience, right? Right? And laying these things down, that's obedience. What is he telling you to let go of? Crucify it. Give it to him. I am so tired of seeing so many believers walk around being fueled by their flesh when they can be fueled by their faith. That's why we talk about being a faith-fueled entrepreneur here. Because so many believers are still holding on to these fleshly wants and desires that are keeping them stuck in self-sabotaging patterns. It's time to end it. We resist surrendering so much, but once we surrender, we experience so much peace and joy and freedom. So why do we keep holding on to these things? We keep holding on because our flesh is literally trying to keep us away from God because our flesh wants to be in control. It doesn't want our spirit to be in control. But what is that actually doing for us? It's making us angry and sad and afraid and keeping us stuck in these flesh cycles and these sin cycles and these self-sabotaging behaviors that we feel like we can't stop. But it's time to stop it. No more. Let God take it from you. I'm going to tell you right now that God loves you and he will keep trying to get you to surrender and he's not going to stop because he loves you. And he doesn't want you to suffer in this way. He wants you to know freedom. He doesn't want you to fill yourself with anxieties of the world. He wants you to rest in him and he's going to teach it to you one way or another. So you might as well go ahead and practice true surrender now, right? It's time. With all that said, (laughs) I know that was a lot. Let's move into step number three, which is to see the unseen. Now, what I mean by this is that even though it appears as if everything's falling apart, perhaps it's actually all falling together. You know, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Trusting God and having faith looks like walking through the valley even when you have no idea what God is doing. You know, it wouldn't be faith if you already saw it. It's literally about seeing the unseen. Not everything will appear to be good, but it will work together for the good of those who love him. So how can we do this? How can we actually see the unseen? I believe that we can do this in two different ways. First, look for the blessing. Look for the blessing in the valleys, but also look for the blessing every moment of every day. You know, I teach my students to be on the lookout for miracle moments. And these miracle moments are essentially moments in your life that just show you that God's promises are coming to fruition. You probably have so many miracle moments going on throughout your day that you may not even be paying attention to. And it's really important that we train our minds to actually look for these miracles, It's important to document them and read them and remind yourself of them when doubt or fear sets in. Now, in terms of being in the dark, you must shine the light on the darkness. Matthew 5 verses 15 through 16 says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everything in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Y'all, Jesus is the light. If you want to move through the darkness, you must consume him and his word and allow him to shine through you. That is a blessing all by itself. And perhaps the blessing in the darkness is for you to be able to rekindle and reignite that relationship with him. Now, the second way to see the unseen is to look for the lesson. What is the Lord showing you? Perhaps it's that he's wanting to help you overcome your flesh so that the Holy Spirit can fully overtake you. Perhaps he's teaching you that you still have some anger and resentment you keep holding onto from your past, or perhaps there's still some pride he's wanting you to work on. Psalm eighteen twenty-eight says, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. This is literally saying, He is going to turn your darkness into light. What if you have to go through the darkness so that you can further allow Him to overtake you and let Jesus shine through you even brighter? The truth is that fruits of the Spirit cannot be produced without Holy Spirit power. If we aren't prepared to let Him flow through us, we're not going to bring forth good fruit. And a lot of the time, our darkness or our valleys are literally him molding us to be a stronger vessel for him. Isaiah 64 8 says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. He is preparing you. He is molding you. And I urge you to look for that lesson and also realize that lesson is a blessing in and of itself because He loves you. And one thing I think is also important to note here is that light can often show us the darkness that remains. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. When we begin digging into scripture and we are being sanctified, there are going to be valleys because he is going to get the darkness out of you. He is going to purge you and purging isn't often very pretty. So again, I urge you to be grateful for these moments to look for the blessing and to look for the lesson because he's preparing you, he's purging you, he's molding you, he's teaching you to fulfill your ultimate purpose, which is to continuously love him and to make him known. Now, this leads me to the fourth step he's taught me in trusting him through the valleys and it's to trust the path. If you're going through a valley, a dry spell or darkness, how do you know if you should keep going or if you should keep up? You know, I've personally asked myself this question so many times. I know when I hit a valley, I am all of a sudden flooded with every insecurity or doubt I ever faced. And it makes me question is this a sign from God that I need to move? Or is this the enemy trying to deter me? Like, how do I know? Here's how you know anything instilling guilt, fear, or shame is from the enemy. The enemy is going to do his best to convince you to quit based on your doubts or your insecurities. The enemy is going to use your flesh to try to manipulate you. But God will just simply shut the door. He's not going to instill fear or guilt or shame. He's not going to use your insecurities against you. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So if you're going through a valley and you're thinking, do I need to quit? It's important to get to the root of that thought. Why do you think this is? Is it because you think you're not good at something or you feel like an imposter or you're comparing yourself to others? What is it? If it's because you feel insecure, that is not from God. So this leads me to step number five which is to keep on walking. It's so important to remain faithful and to remain obedient. If he's called you to this business, walk it out. Keep going even when it feels like nothing is working. Take intentional aligned action towards what he's telling you to and keep walking despite the lies the enemy is feeding you because it's not true. They are lies. But how do you keep walking? you draw closer to him, you surrender, you see the unseen, and you trust the path. Now, my friend, if you love this episode and you know you're being called to cultivate a Holy Spirit-led business and you want to make sure you're getting the support you need and you're being held accountable to live out the call he's placed on your heart and you want to do it fueled by your faith and not by your flesh, then I want to invite you to join us inside of the Call to CEO Collective. The Collective is a community-driven membership for Christian entrepreneurs who believe in the power of claiming their authority in the secret place and in the marketplace and are ready to stand out and sell out online. You and your business, brand, or ministry will be so supported when you immerse yourself in the live coaching, curriculum, and community. And yes, I said live coaching, and yes, this is at a low ticket price point. So that said, if you want to learn all the nitty gritty details or go ahead and join us at the current rate, you can do so by heading to www.hannahbrindley.com membership. I'm also going to link that in the show notes for you. I so hope to see you inside and I can't wait to support you. Hey, CEO, don't head out just yet. If this podcast has blessed you in some way, it would mean the absolute world to me if you left a rating and written review of the show. It truly lights a fire in me knowing how God has impacted you through this platform. And since I absolutely adore connecting with you, please, please, please screenshot this episode or your review and post it on your stories and tag me over on Instagram at Hannah Brindley. I cannot wait to see you over there. So much love to you.